0: Welcome to the third episode of VSTMOL 2021 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Hamstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian who I have witnessed in real life trying to turn people with his eyes to little success, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You were saying before we started recording it's been a very busy week. Far too many bookings.
1: Lots of teaching. I think uh, coronavirus is sadly running rampant through China. Lots of kids at home, which means lots of kids... Doing additional English lessons from home. So, yeah, I'm averaging 60 hours a week easy right now.
0: Might be crap for China, but it's great for Logan Saunders.
1: That's one way of looking at it. (laughs) May as well do it while COVID's going on and we're not allowed to, or highly discouraged from going anywhere during COVID. I bought my groceries online again this week, and I'll probably do it again the next week and the week after that, and probably until summer.
0: Yay. (laughs) So previously the final nine took tours of a manor house where Josh accidentally talked to the wrong shadow team and jeopardised the entire challenge. The Blacklight Ballerinas took out seven of them before they had a ride in trucks and someone led the team to the wrong signs. At the execution, Renee, Josh and Rocky were safe, but it was Eric who was the second person to get sent home. And Rick introduces the episode by saying that the team are getting to know both each other and Czechia very quickly. In the Punkva Caves, they will get a special kayaking excursion, but first they've got to check into some very, very special hotel rooms in Brno. And I must admit, it really annoyed me Rick couldn't say Brno properly, because I had to look this up a couple of weeks ago. He said it a few times in the episode, all of which he said wrong.
1: I guess maybe the Dutch language just doesn't have that much overlap with Czech, even though there have been very close proximities to each other.
0: The great irony is, of course, I did get pulled up by James Turner on uh, on Twitter this week for saying Czechia wrong, because I was saying it Chechia, which is how Rick kept pronouncing it. It's Czechia, and I will be saying Czechia for the rest of the season. Czechia, Czechia, Czechia.
1: Yeah, you better Czechia yourself before you wreck yourself.
0: That's the irony. It's been the pun that I've used the past two episodes in the uh, in the template for these episodes, is checking everywhere, and I still didn't pronounce Czech properly.
1: It's the miseducation of Rick.
0: It is. It's entirely Rick van der Vesterlaken's fault. I'm blaming him. <laughs> so the episode title is the Dutch for It Depends, and it is day five in Berno, and Slimer and Rocky, Charlotte and Renee, Florentine and Lakshmi, and Josh and Mariah check into their respective hotel rooms, all of which are themed after films. And they all even get some dress-up items, and of course, as I predicted last week, Josh gets to dress as James Bond because him and Mariah are in Goldfinger. Goldfinger.
1: I was not expecting them to use the official soundtrack.
0: See, that's the thing. Venom does have history of using some proper movie soundtracks, not to the same extent that Belgie does, obviously.
1: Yeah, Belgie loves Belgie loves all sorts of music and and George Michael.
0: I'm pretty sure the, um, the first piece of music that you hear in, uh, in the Japan premiere is the Harry Potter theme.
1: Oh yeah, we keep saying that they like to use Harry
0: Potter. Yeah, there is actually a legacy with using movie soundtracks in, uh, in Vidum. This isn't the first time. So each pair receives an envelope with their answers to the previous test, and a former mole comes over the intercom, I'm not telling you who, because hopefully you skipped over the bits I told you to, identifying who the four former moles were in this episode. Yep. Yeah. Good. A former mole comes over the intercom and tells them that they have to choose whether to be truthful or lie. Each team that escapes their room with a code word will earn €500 Euros for the pots. The first pair to escape will earn two yokers each. And I will also say that the mole that they chose for this did also appear in Renaissance.
1: I guess they have nothing else to do.
0: No, they were the uh, the final mole who appeared in um, in the Abbey Challenge in the finale of Renaissance and they will be asked five questions. If they both answer truthfully in a room, they will receive a clue to get the code word. However, any answers that they give will be shown to other teams, as will whether they lied or not. Charlotte and Renee both decide to be truthful because they really want to win. The first question, going in with a heavy hitter, is what they answered for who the mole is on the previous test.
1: (laughs) Why didn't everyone answer truthfully on that one? (laughs)
0: That's the thing, half of these people answered truthfully on this question. (laughs) Is 500 euros and two yokers really worth more than everyone knowing who your suspect is? No.
1: Imagine if they did this again at final five or final four.
0: It is utterly ridiculous that anyone answered correctly to this one.
1: (laughs) What's funny is that one of the people who lied about this question ends up being executed by the end of the episode. So we'll never know who their incorrect suspect
0: was. Well, you say that, but I did go back to last episode and try and work out who the um, who the suspects were. So Florentine said that he suspected Josh. Josh said he suspected Renee and Eric. Laxmi said Mariah, Josh, Eric, and Renee, and Rocky suspected Florentine, Mariah, and Renee, and they are the only four to lie in this question. because Charlotte told the truth about suspecting Renee. Mariah said that she suspected Charlotte. Renee said she suspected Mariah, and Slimer said he suspected Renee. I am working on the assumption that the mole threw the last test and just put some fake answers in there to throw people off. Because usually they tell the mole to go to any questions on themselves.
1: Yeah, I'm pre- yeah. <laughs> it'd be funny. The mole screws this challenge up and picks themselves. Oh, you didn't lie. You didn't lie on this question when you picked yourself as the mole. <laughs> Season over.
0: You can just imagine that the, um, the the production team were in another room just going, for the love of God, don't tell the truth on this one. Just lie as much as you need to, but don't tell the truth.
1: Yeah, I think the mold picked who they said they did on the previous quiz. I don't think yeah. they lied. I think they're they're probably one of the four that told the truth on that question.
0: I would happen to agree there as well. I think they probably told the truth on this question, but not necessarily the truth on who they suspected last week. So it is only, as a pair, Charlotte and Renee, who get the clue, because they were the only ones who answered correctly in the same room. In their room, they will find a matchbox containing a clue, which is a dice. And they answer incorrectly.
1: This question, or the code, is not very friendly for anglophones. Name a 12-letter word, and then I'm thinking, oh, I can't think of a 12-letter word, and then they say, oh, the answer is 21. And I'm thinking, oh, right, 21 in Dutch.
0: It makes sense from a production point of view, because of course this is Vidum 21, and they're obviously going to make 21 a uh, a recurring motif. However, it's not the most English-friendly, shall we say. <laughs> no. I think it was Florentine who guessed Casino Royale at one point, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's not a 12-letter word, it's two six-letter ones. I'll kind of let you off with that, but...
1: And it's in English, at least.
0: Yeah, if you didn't know going into this that everyone wasn't going to be in room scene around James Bond, then Casino Royale is an acceptable answer. We're obviously not criticising for them saying we're going to use a Dutch word because obviously it's a Dutch programme, we're in a privileged position here that Marika does all our subtitles for us. But it wasn't the most friendly for an Anglophone viewer.
1: I feel bad for whoever got the James Bond room where, where there's six or seven Bonds in the same movie. I bet that would have been creepy.
0: I'm not aware of that one.
1: Yeah, it wasn't one of the official ones that they made. It was like one of the two uh, offshoot ones. And yeah, one of them, because my dad's always talked about it over the years, and then I can't remember what it was called. I think it got its own name later on in the main series. But uh, yeah, there's six or seven different actors who play James Bond in the same film.
0: Weirdly, I've written a lot of... Um, Bond theme questions for my work quizzes because I've been writing work quizzes during the um, during the lockdown. I I did, inspired by Dan's quiz, uh, write a my word is my blonde uh, round, which is Bond films and clues relating to them, but with one additional letter. Glodfinger? No, what one of them was Goldflinger, which I think I nicked off Dan. There was a couple that I wrote myself and a couple that I nicked off Dan for that round, um, but. Yeah, pretty much every quiz seems to have a a bond connection of some description. I don't know why, because I've only seen a few of them. I am by no means an expert on Bond films, but they are really easy to write quiz questions on.
1: <laughs> About six months ago, I watched the first four with Sean Connery, and then saw Skyfall in theaters, and I saw Golden Eye because it's Golden Eye because of Nintendo.
0: Yeah, because it is a the best first person shoot game in in history. And B has an absolutely badass theme. Goldeneye is a cracking theme.
1: What I what I hate about the Wii version is that it's too dark to see anything in the in the first level. For some reason, they made it really dark, so it's really tough to see.
0: Yeah, I'm really sad that Rare published Goldeneye, said we won't get another, so we won't get a Switch make of it because it would be great on the Switch. But how did they get away with the Wii version? It was a special deal. They begged and pleaded for years. Is the honest answer, and then it. It ended up not just coming to the Wii, it wasn't just a Wii make, it was a Wii make originally, and then they ported it to um, to PlayStation and Xbox as well, as part of that deal. Oh, I see. So the second question is what they answered as to what the mole did in the tour guide challenge last episode, and everyone apart from Josh tells the truth. Come on, Josh. Now you have just being a jerk. I know we said this last week, but Josh was the Breakout star last week, and he was absolutely divine this week. He was a star.
1: He lied the first... Just the, was it just the first two times he lied?
0: Yeah, he lied in the first two questions. But he was the absolute focus of this entire episode again, and it was divine. <laughs>
1: And yet Splinter screws up more frequently, and no one gets mad at Splinter. It's because Josh came out of the gate line the first two times, and Splinter says, Oh, I forgot how I answered. Oh, I forgot how I answered. And then he says, Oh, no, I just lied on that last one.
0: Yeah, I just lied. <laughs> yeah. The
1: other two were honest mistakes, but this time I just, I just don't want you to have the money.
0: The best thing is, he didn't even lie on the best question of this entire thing, which is, who did you put us the mole last week? You don't tell the truth on that question, ever. Yeah,
1: he lied on the ones where there was... He's like, oh man, there's a question with only two possibilities. I should lie on that one.
0: Well, now we know what you chose, man. It stands to reason that he probably went pretty much all in on Renee last week. But as soon as you reveal that card in the first question... It's irrelevant what you do for the rest of it if you told the truth. Because everyone knows who you suspect.
1: Yeah, he's having a a little uh, renaissance of his own.
0: But yeah, Josh was the only one who lied. He said he put photographer down. He obviously didn't.
1: Yeah, because now there's only only two other possibilities for that question, right? He tells the truth on the question that had seven other options.
0: Yeah, the division's were, because I actually had to go back and find some of the answers to these questions. The divisions were Eric, Mariah, and Rocky on photographs, Florentine and Renee filming, Slimer and Charlotte writing, and Likes Me and Josh coordinating. It's the truck question I think I had to get the the actual categories right, because there was one where they just didn't even show it us. So everyone except Josh told the truth, so he and Mariah are the only ones without a clue, everyone else gets told that the watch on the nightstand is a clue, and it's pointing to nine o'clock. Nobody solves it. The third question is where the mole was in the tour challenge, either in the control room, which was Laxme and Josh, inside the house, which is Slimer, Renee, Mariah and Eric, or outside the house, which is Charlotte, Rocky and Florentine. Everyone apart from Slimer tells the truth, he said outside, he obviously told a lie. Only he lied, so he and Rocky get no claim. he claims that he made a mistake. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit Slimer. Everyone else finds out that the next clue is in a deck of cards, which Josh has obviously already opened because it's Josh, and as soon as he sees something with a bright light, he goes and immediately opens everything. And there are two cards with fingerprint symbols on them, which is an ace and a jack of spades. And the first word that Josh thinks of is blackjack. He is somehow the closest anyone comes to solving this clue before the last one. It's quite impressive.
1: Yeah. He probably could have done it with fewer clues.
0: Yeah, if Josh had actually got one more clue earlier on, I think Josh probably would have solved that.
1: Solved it faster?
0: Yeah, it is startling that Josh is the best person at this challenge, when Josh is probably the most suspected person in this entire cast, inexplicably.
1: Yet neither of us suspect him at all.
0: No, not even a little bit. I've already done my suspect list on Bothers Bar this week, and Josh is number seven. (laughs) I don't even suspect Josh even a little bit right now. Which is hilarious, given that when I checked yesterday, Josh was the second suspect for the Netherlands.
1: They have, they get some weird suspects at the top of their pool over the years.
0: He is actually, as of the time of recording, still number two in the Netherlands.
1: Who's number one? Mariah. Okay, that, at least they have Mariah as number one.
0: It's Mariah with 20%, Josh with 17 Charlotte with 16%, Slimer with 14 Rocky with 12, Laxmi with 11, Renee with 10.
1: Well, they're all fairly close. Much closer
0: than I thought. Yeah, they're all within um, within 10% of each other. And also, in case you didn't know that this was filmed in COVID times, Renee is the first of two people this episode to be seen with a face mask. Because Renee has her red face mask hanging off her arm during this challenge.
1: One thing I have thought about while watching this too, because they did film what well, we've referenced it every episode, but the fact that they filmed it during COVID, that would be, it's not like a fixed thing, like there would be fixed rules in place for the duration of filming. I mean, it still takes roughly 20 days to film. Cases are going to go up, cases are going to go down. So it'd be interesting if they had to revise any challenges based on increased COVID activity or be able to loosen some rules of certain challenges because of uh, reduced COVID activity at that time. So it's a bit interesting that way that it would fluctuate over the course of filming because of the timing of the of the season.
0: Yeah, I think the big danger point was probably this episode in the centre of Burno. Because if they're not going to be in Burno for the rest of the season, which they're probably not, they're staying reasonably rural for the rest of it, I think.
1: And the fact that they this was another sequestered challenge where you're only in the room with one other contestant <laughs> and nobody else.
0: And the fact that The only other bit of interaction that anyone has with anyone else is when four of them are hanging off the side of a building.
1: And they're pretty far apart uh, at the building, and the building is not crowded by any means. And then, of course, then the other four contestants each had their own individual kayaks, and you think, hmm, yep, this was definitely another COVID-friendly challenge.
0: And the fourth question is what they answered to the question of where the mole was in the sign challenge... The distinctions were Josh, Renee, Rocky, and Charlotte in photographs, Mariah and Slimer guiding the trucks, Laxmi and Eric parking, and Florentine as the communicator. And the reason that I say that beforehand is because nobody put communicator, everyone tells the truth. So we didn't actually see that the option of communicator was there. I had to go back to episode 2 and find out what that test question actually asked. Luckily it was one they showed. So everyone tells the truth... Nobody suspects Florentine in that question, at least, and the fourth clue is not literally in the window. And they find a board of letters, which obviously Josh has already messed with, because it's Josh, and they spot that the U is missing from the letterboard. The final question in this challenge is what the mole was wearing in the episode 2 family photo, which was either a dress, trousers, or shorts. And as a distinction, Renee Charlotte, Mariah and Laxmi wearing dresses, Josh, Rocky and Florentine in shorts, and Eric and Slimer in trousers. Only Slimer lies, he says trousers. So everyone except Slimer told the truth again, leaving him and Rocky clueless and locked in. Everyone else finds out that their clue word has 12 letters, and they all have 5 minutes to escape. Laxmi and Florentine guess Casino Royale as the first Bond film, and get themselves locked in. Josh and Mariah and Charlotte and Renee are the only teams to solve it as the Dutch for 21. And it is Charlotte and Renee who are first to meet Rick outside the hotel and win the two yokers. Josh and Mariah also escape, so they earn €1,000 of possible 2000 for the pots. The explanation of the clues is that U is the 21st letter of the alphabet, a dice sides add up to 21, an ace and a jack in blackjack, as Josh said, are worth 21. And nine PM on a clock is twenty one hundred hours.
1: Yeah, the I would say the blackjack one was the biggest, was the most important clue out of the out of the first four.
0: So we now need a new treasurer. As Eric went home, and everyone except Florentine, Charlotte, and Rocky put their hats in the ring to be the treasurer. And they decide to do an anonymous, written down vote, and there's something hilarious about these votes because Slimer wins it by a vote of three, two, one, one, one. However, Josh was the only person to put his hat in the ring who didn't get any votes, number one. And number two, even funnier, Charlotte didn't put her hat in the ring, and she got a vote. (laughs) So she specifically said she did not want to be the treasurer, and yet she's still trusted by the group more than Josh is.
1: Poor Josh. He is the punching bag for this cast. (laughs) You you know things are rough for you when... Renee gets a buy from all of this.
0: It is going to be devastating if Josh ever goes, because Josh is just the entertainment centre of this season right now. Nobody went after the woman who hates peeling oranges. Nobody went after the woman who hates peeling oranges, and in about five minutes we will discuss how she cannot paddle a kayak to save her life. And it's very, very, very funny, because she's our banner this week with her ineptitude in the caves. So the waitress arrives at the table with a ringing phone, and it's Rick on the other end saying they have to split into pairs made up of one person who has no fear of heights and one person who can kayak. The pairs have to be able to trust each other because they can earn four exemptions in the next challenge. That's too many. It is, and as it happens, it's irrelevant. But what would you have gone for? Would you have gone for heights or kayaking?
1: Probably heights because it would sound more fun, and I'd probably really suck at kayaking. And the water's probably going to be cold in the Czech Republic.
0: I think I would suck at kayaking, but knowing that they went to caves... Kayaking's way cooler, I'm sorry. That was a badass location for a challenge. I can't remember whether we've discussed my love of caves before, but I love caves.
1: Yeah, it it was an awesome location, but just based on kayaking or heights, it's like, well, what if it's just kayaking in a pond or a river or something?
0: Oh yeah, on the surface of it, kayaking is... Obviously not the fun choice there, but in practice, given the choice between hanging off a 77.5 metre building during an abseil or kayaking through some badass caves, I would go for kayaking through some badass caves any day of the week.
1: Yeah, in that regard, yes. If Rick gave a little bit more information, I'd be thinking twice about this.
0: Yeah, when I was in uh, in Okinawa in, uh, in 2018, we got to go to some pretty badass caves. That was really fun. Awesome. So Josh ends up asking to be with Mariah, and she dumps him and pairs up with Lakshmi. He ends up being paired with Florentine, as they are the only two people left, and they do not trust each other in the slightest. And they end up doing rock, paper, scissors for the right to go in the air. Josh wins, leaving Florentine doing the kayaking. The kayakers are taken to the Punct for Caves. Renee is nervous about kayaking. They have to find projections, which will have information that they have to remember, and pass it on to their teammates the following day. The first one is the Czech phrase for that's a small advantage, and a picture of a yoker. Now we have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is of course Renee not being able to kayak. And in fact at one point, kayaking straight past a projection.
1: Let's just be glad she didn't completely capsize.
0: The only thing that would have made this even better is if Renee somehow had to abseil down a building.
1: She may have quit after that between kayaking and then being forced down a
0: building. Yeah. Where would you have wanted to place yourself as mole?
1: Well, I guess as the communicator, if you're all-knowing and know where everything is, I guess that's where you'd have the most control.
0: I feel like you'd want to be in in the cave, because an exemption doesn't matter to you, and also it doesn't screw you that much if they get the exemptions. But it allows you to have a little bit more control over whether money goes into the pot or not.
1: Yeah, you get control over picking the Jokers, and you can just say, well, I went for the yokers." It's a bit tougher to be in that group of four setting where you're deciding, oh, are we all going to go for the exemption? But you're not even guaranteed to uh, get the exemptions if the communicator screws with you, though.
0: So the next phrase is, this can be an advantage and a picture of a 500 euro note. The third one is a yoker card, and this is a small disadvantage then Renee Pattles passed a picture for two yokers, and that's a bigger advantage. And interestingly, because I was obviously translating these as I was going, I did guess that bigger was going to be the new word in that, so I now know Czech. Very proud of myself. And also accompanying the videos are confessions from their fellow candidates, including the people on the kayaks, talking about trust and whether people can trust them. And I must say, if you weren't moulding this bit of the challenge, this is one of the easiest challenges ever to win, I think. Because all you have to do is remember the words that change, and there's only going to be four of them.
1: Yeah, it wasn't really too much of a memory challenge.
0: No. The bigger challenge is remembering it the next day, but I'd assume as soon as they got out of the cave, they'd write them straight in the mole books anyway, but... You don't even remember the peripheral shit around the edge, you just remember the new words. You remember whatever small is, whatever bigger is, whatever big is, whatever can be is, and that's it.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of Simpsons when they ha- came up with the two different area codes within Springfield, and then they have somebody explaining that um they have like a little video saying, Well, a monkey can remember ten numbers. Are you are you dumber than a monkey? And then everyone else's response is, well, how big of a monkey are we talking
0: about? So they are separated from their partners for the night, none of them saw any exemptions on the cave walls. They are on their way to Zlin, where the Fearless Ones stayed the night. The girls all say in the coach that they are going for money, but Florentine says he doesn't trust his partner, so he's going to wait and see. Now, Mr. Tarstorian, what is the link between the Abseiling Challenge and Amazing Race? Because this is something I realised yesterday evening, and I'm like, I need to test Saunders on this. There is a huge link. Does it have to do with
1: Amazing Race 15? No. Amazing Race 32?
0: No, don't guess 32 different numbers.
1: <laughs> um, it's not 15. Australia? No. It's the Australia one, it's not 15.
0: I'll give you a clue, it's in the first 10 seasons.
1: I have no idea. It's
0: Amazing Race 8.
1: Family edition. Yeah. To Czech Republic. I don't recall them going to Europe.
0: There's a link between the Ab Sailing Challenge and uh, Amazing Grace Family Edition. I'll let you think about it because there's another clue I can give you in a minute.
1: Sir, another is it the same the same company who did that challenge to the one in the Panama bungee jump?
0: No, but you're you're getting a bit warmer. The Fearless Four meet Rick in Thomas Barter's office, which is in a lift. Josh is the second person in this episode to be seen wearing a face mask, as he enters the lift wearing a mask. It is a 775 meter high building, or a little under a 7th of a CN Tower, the tallest building in what was Czechoslovakia. They will be abseiling from the 16th floor, or the roof as it's more commonly known. There are five containers that they'll be able to grab on the way down, of which they can grab two, one for them, one for their partner. And if they decide as a group of four that all of them end the challenge holding money, then the four of them will earn an exemption, and no money will go into the pot. And I have already given you the bigger clue.
1: I have no clue.
0: <laughs> Thomas Barter is, as you might have guessed, a famous Czech, who did actually end up coming home to uh, to Czechoslovakia, but um, emigrated to Canada and set up the headquarters of his uh, company there in what is now the Barter Shoe Museum, root marker from Amazing Race 8's final leg oh that is a hell of a connection yeah i i vaguely recognize barter and i'm like is that the shoe museum and then when i looked up who thomas barter was because i was like why do you have your office in a lift when i looked him up i saw on wikipedia that it said he was like a shoe entrepreneur and i'm like oh my god it's an amazing grace connection i've got stumped logan with that
1: that is a hell of an observation michael
0: (laughs) get in So that's the first in our new series of stump the tar story. Yeah,
1: that is such a crazy connection. I'll have to use that in the Reddit Jeopardy thing.
0: Yeah, I was very proud of myself for uh, for making that connection because I don't even think anyone did that challenge.
1: No, they chose that. That was the one detour option that wasn't picked. Everyone did the ship.
0: Yeah, everyone did the ship and nobody went to the Barter Shoe Museum, but it is it is according to um, to Wikipedia, at least, the site of the former Barter um, headquarters, which has now moved back to the Czech Republic, I believe. I believe it's now actually in the building they were in. Okay,
1: yeah, it's in the elevator.
0: So Josh promised Florentine that he'd win his trust. Ruck and Renee trust each other, so they all choose that they're going to go for their partners and therefore give their partners the money. Josh says he realized, looking into Rocky's eyes, that he couldn't turn her.
1: She's a real team player. That really comes from her sporting background.
0: Oh yeah, they were absolutely not getting any exemptions as soon as Rocky was in that team. They needed to shove Rocky into the kayaks. Yeah. (laughs) Because there is no way in hell that Rocky was letting them go anywhere near those exemptions. So Charlotte makes contact and tells Slimer that whatever he's doing, he's doing well. And Slimer says that his right hand is bothering him, and because of the abseiling system, he's entirely dependent on one hand. This scene is just smut.
1: <laughs>
0: and of course, Josh pretends he's in an action movie, and jumps off the wall repeatedly.
1: He jumps really far off the wall, and does twists and
0: stuff. Yeah, have you ever tried doing that, abseiling? No. It fucks your legs. I've tried doing it, obviously, because of me. If you try and jump off a wall, it really hurts if you land badly.
1: Yeah, you couldn't get proper footing like you would if you were flat on the ground.
0: Yeah, you have to land absolutely perfectly, otherwise you will just absolutely bang into the wall repeatedly. <laughs> well, he was
1: having fun.
0: Yeah, so what that tells me is that Josh has abseiled before, because there is no way you do that in your first attempt of an abseil.
1: Well, he did barrel roll repeatedly during both laser games.
0: That is true. I would put money on it that Josh has abseiled before. So Rene tells Rocky the right phrase, which is, uh, Toya your musa bite for for the cash. Both Rocky and Josh pass the tube with the yoker. Charlotte tells Slimer to take that one. Renee tells Rocky to take the tube with two yokers on the condition that she splits them. Florentine also tells Josh to take it, as does Mariah. Slimer is told to pass on one that we didn't see, Toya visada for Hoda, or this is a privileged advantage because yes, I paused the episode and found out what the uh, what the text actually said. I have no idea what it contained, but there was one on that wall that we did not see a projection for.
1: Privileged advantage. What the hell would that mean? I don't know. I guess not, not worthy to be mentioned in the episode.
0: As much as I would obviously love to say they would never give out potentially four black exemptions, they could have given out four black exemptions with privileged advantage here. It's the only thing I can think of it being Yeah,
1: that was my only thought too, is black exemption, but yeah, would they have, would nobody have gone for that?
0: I suppose they're opening the tubes in front of everyone, aren't they?
1: That's right, it would just be the same deal as it was before, where if you get on the first episode, then you become a massive target.
0: Yeah, I feel like nobody would trust you if you went for a black exemption, which is a great way to absolutely shank someone, but I don't think anyone would trust you.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised Florentine didn't do that to Josh.
0: Yeah. I can't see it being any more yokers, because everyone would have gone for anything other than two yokers, I think. If there was three yokers there, everyone would have gone for that one. Yeah, it wouldn't be yoker-related. They wouldn't have given out exemptions, because, as they said at the end of the kayaking scene, nobody saw anything to do with exemptions. So it kind of has to be a black exemption. Unless, of course, they put in one that they didn't see on the projection and thought, maybe someone will gamble on this but I don't think anyone else has actually spotted there was a fifth one in there, which is Visada Vahoda. And I apologise to any Czech people who are listening, because I know I butchered the Czech pronunciation there. I've deliberately not done much Czech reading in this season. So everyone takes the money, Rick tells them about the offer, Slimer has a tube with money, as do Lakshmi and Josh. Rocky, however, kept the two-yoker tube for herself, and gave Renee the money, putting the €2,000 Euros in the pot. Charlotte has a yoker, Mariah has two, which she's sharing, and Florentine has two, which he's not. That means that they earn two thousand euros, of possible. Two thousand for the challenge. Three thousand, a possible. Four thousand for the episode, and six thousand one hundred and fifty euros, of a possible sixteen thousand one hundred for the season so far.
1: That's a really good ratio.
0: It is. It feels like the mole is not in a position to do much damage right now. They are very, very much ahead of where they were last season. At this point.
1: I like how Lakshmi said she wanted to die at the rockstar age of 27, but I'm thinking, I don't remember any rock stars who died while abseiling.
0: No, abseiling is not how those people died at 27. There was a lot of drugs involved.
1: Yeah, and I don't think you can exchange your yokers for cocaine. Oh no, Slimer, why is the money suddenly down to 100 euros? What happened to the other 6,000?
0: Daddy needs his medicine. <laughs> yeah.
1: These quizzes are stressing me out. Takes off the edge.
0: You just see someone in in the hotel room and there's a knock on the door and uh, there's a willing sex robot and two duffel bags full of cocaine. Well, I guess we picked the wrong treasure. So Mariah shares her yokers, but Florentine doesn't, leaving Josh without. Charlotte gives hers to Slimer. She suspects him, but gave him the yoker as repayment for trusting her. And it appears later that Rocky also split with Renee, not that that is important to the storyline. It is now time for the test. Twenty questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home, except for the mole who could never go home. Charlotte, Mariah and Laxmi all have one yoker each. Florentine and Renee have two. Nobody has an exemption as a result of Rocky. Four well, yeah, four of them
1: use their yokers, right?
0: Uh yes, there is only one yoker still in the game by the end of this. And who has it? Uh Renee. Yeah, Renee kept one. Interesting. Renee held on to one of hers. So, Mariah suspects Josh, he ruins every assignment and can't be trusted. Charlotte was her mole last time, but she's still doubting it, and also suspects Lakshmi, she plays her yoker. Lakshmi suspects Josh, she can't get a grip on Mariah. Renee could be it, but she doesn't think so. It's not Florentine either, she plays her yoker. Florentine also suspects Josh, as well as Mariah, as he's trying to trigger her, and he plays both yokers. And, important information, he went all in on someone on this test. Who went all in? Florentine? Florentine did, yeah. That's why he went home. Because he went 20 questions on one person. So dumb with eight people. Yeah. Slimer says that he has to trust Charlotte, but he puts some on her, Renee, and Mariah, and places yoker. Charlotte isn't on anyone. She can't think of anyone who molded on the abseil or kayak challenges, and she plays her yoker. Renee says it's all a guess, so she'll keep spreading or she's toast. She's stuck between Josh and Mariah and plays one of her yokers, leaving one in her bag. Josh says he can't leave yet, he's getting happier by the day. He doesn't trust Rocky as she's too mellow. And Renee is also suspicious. And finally, Rocky feels secure, she's got two yokers somehow and thinks she's on the right track. If she doesn't make it, at least she got to do some cool things. And she plays both of her yokers. Charlotte and Mariah get green screens at the execution before my prediction of Florentine goes home. It was, as we previously made an episode title, on the or unexpected. He loved the caves and the bike trip, just having adventures, and he's okay with going, and even Rick doesn't gloat this time. Man, somebody
1: uses the, mo- the ties with the highest number of yokers used, and still goes home.
0: Yeah, I must admit, it was so satisfying that my prediction from last week of either Florentine or Rocky going home was true, even though Florentine used both of his yokers and I was very fearful for Josh given how much time he got this week again. I don't think Josh is the mole in the slightest for the record. Josh is just brilliantly entertaining on this season and it will be a massive loss for the season if he gets executed at some point.
1: I don't know, I don't know what Florentine was thinking. Like if you have two yokers, you're even. that's even it's an even better
0: option to spread
1: on the test.
0: Everyone seems very trigger happy with the Jokers this season. I've noticed this. Literally Renee is the only person to keep any yokers past the test after she earned them.
1: I guess because it's still early on.
0: Yeah, but even then, if you have got two yokers, I wouldn't use both on the same test because the later you can keep those yokers, the better, surely.
1: But we also said too that yokers become more and more useless the further you go because you're if you're you're going to go home anyway, regardless if you're on the wrong person. Once everyone is in the stage of only having one suspect.
0: Yeah, there is a tipping point, though. And having having a yoker in week four is still, I would say, more advantageous than having it in week three. When you get to sort of halfway through the season, it drops off a cliff. But whilst everyone's still putting the feelers out to try and work out who the moles are, keeping one of two is potentially a good idea, I would say.
1: Yeah, until you get down to seven or six. Once you're down to, say, five, then it's not a good idea anymore.
0: Yeah, obviously, if you're in a, a yoker from Mexico situation and you have potentially 20 yokers, you don't use all of them on one test, but it's going to distort your results regardless, no matter how many of those you have. So, next time, Lakshmi asks for three items that people take on holiday, Renee goes shopping without money, and Mariah goes swimming, whilst Josh carries a flaming torch. And there is a very real chance that they have adapted the least likely challenge I would ever say that Vidim is ever going to adapt from Belgium in the shoplifting challenge next week. There is a non-zero chance that they have done the shoplifting challenge from Greece, which is delightful if they have.
1: Trying to see Josh shoplift is... That, that's going to be fun. Oh, Renee.
0: Well, Renee is the one who potentially could be shoplifting that we've seen. And if Josh is there as well, Josh will be doing barrel rolls in front of the cameras. <laughs> They won't see me. (laughs) Please, please, mole gods, make it happen. If it is a shoplifting challenge, just make Josh one of them who has to do it. Just for me. For no one else. Just me.
1: (laughs) Well, Renee can get away with it, because she can be like, Oh,
0: I didn't know. I didn't pay for this. Yeah, because she's old. (laughs) So, in our pool, I do have to say this, sorry, Saunders. In our pool, Florentine went home, meaning that your team has lost its second person. Meaning Yay. you are down to just me, And I must admit, I was extra happy when Florentine went home. Number one, because he's a massive suspect. And number two, more importantly, because it's really screwed you. The best thing is, this happened in China as well. You lost two people back-to-back weeks. The third week, you lost the third person. So you're now fighting against history for the third time. I realise I really shouldn't be gloating whilst I've still got a team that could definitely get decimated. Before the uh, before the final test. So my team's still Josh, Mariah, and Slimer, and Michelle's is still Charlotte, Renee, and Rocky. In the first suspicions list, nobody had Florentine last. Walter was the closest, having him in eighth place. Four people, including Logan Saunders, had him as their first suspect. Only Mariah and Charlotte are now more suspicious to us as a threesome then the group as a whole, the order is Mariah with 2.75 out of 7, then Laxmi 3.33, Renee with 3.75, Slimer and Rocky on 4.42, and Slimer is notionally ahead because we have him higher than we do Rocky, then Charlotte at 4.58, and then Josh at 4.75. Final question, Mr. Saunders, for now, who do you suspect you can have three?
1: Um, I guess Charlotte, Mariah, and I guess who was my third one?
0: Last week you said Mariah...
1: Charlotte Florentine, probably? Charlotte
0: Florentine in order, yeah,
1: I think. Let's go, let's throw in Lakshmi in there.
0: Is that in order?
1: No, let's go Mariah, then Charlotte, then Lakshmi.
0: And my suspects, I'm trying to think who I put as my top three on the suspect list this week. I know it was Mariah, then Renee as the first two, again, because it's the same as last week. Um, Who did I put as three?
1: Probably Charlotte.
0: I think it might have been Charlotte again, yeah.
1: Charlotte seems to be the most suspected person online.
0: I know my top four were Mariah and Renee in top two, and then it was either Lakshmi or Charlotte, I can't remember which. I'm going to punt for Charlotte for now as my official third suspicion.
1: Because I am
0: tweeting tweeting out our suspicions every week, if I remember to do it, which I don't know whether I did last week. I think I might have done.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Charlotte, Mariah, and Lakshmi are my top three, then Splinter's in the middle, and then Uh, Josh, Renee, and Rocky are still my bottom three after three of (laughs) the weeks.
0: And who do you think's going home next week? Uh, Maybe Rocky? I think Rocky is going sooner rather than later, like I said last week. Purely for spiteful reasons, I think it would be hilarious if Lakshmi goes.
1: And then whoever is the mole will have free reign to sabotage?
0: Yeah, but I think... I think Rocky is probably the least suspicious person, generally. And I feel like she's probably going home sooner rather than later. Anything else you want to say? Uh, no,
1: I think that's it. Another solid episode. This is, through these first three episodes, it's been my favourite season well, since Georgia.
0: Yeah, whisper it, but actually the pandemic may have done them some good because it's forced them to focus on being creative again.
1: And we don't have your Rowan as the mole. <laughs> and we've not, we're not going to have a freaking challenge that eliminates... We're not going to eliminate three people because of one actual challenge.
0: Because of one episode and a half long challenge.
1: That had nothing to do with the mole, who the mole was. Yeah. We're just going to eliminate two people after we wasted an episode and a half on a task that went nowhere. <laughs>
0: I feel really bad that eventually Euroen's probably going to stumble across our podcast and be like, "Oh, I wonder what those guys said about Renaissance." I bet they really enjoyed it, and it's like Euroen, you shit.
1: You, you're the worst mole ever.
0: Euroen, you are genuinely worse than pretty much every mole we've ever seen, and yes, I'm including the one where it got leaked in episode two, and you're still worse.
1: Well, as long as he avoids this specific episode podcast, we might be okay.
0: I don't think we were particularly kind of about out for half of Renaissance either. <laughs> I think I described him as a non-entity in every episode, actually. Oops. So, thank you for listening to our VEAS of Mole 2021 recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for the newest mole in Czechia. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are, at TV Warriors, or you can email us and contact us at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at LogSuperQuacky. I'm MJ Harmstone. Thank you, as always, to Marika for the subtitles, and we'll see you next week.
1: Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring.